Welcome to the Grown Up Masculine Podcast with me, your host, Finn McKenna Fox. I'm here on a mission to transform the everyday man into a confident leader so they can show up in their truth and in their power for themselves, for their families, in their career, and for the collective as a whole. I'm super excited to be able to share conscious conversations with some good friends and awesome guest experts. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to continuing this journey together. Hey, hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Grounded Masculine Podcast with me, your host, Finn McKenna-Fox. So in today's episode, absolutely stoked to have Sean Dixon from Aware Fathers share his journey of setting up Aware Fathers, what Aware Parenting is and being able to share like more in depth the importance of us as men doing this work on ourselves so then we can show up as the best version of ourselves for our family so this is a really powerful conversation and one of the one of the key points that i want to share with you with this is a quote from sean himself is you can only hold your child as much as you have met yourself so like when you think about that is like how much you do this work on yourself and how much you regulate your emotions, how much you're able to express and communicate what's going on for you. That is going to have a direct correlation with how much you're able to hold your little ones, how you're able to be there and be that support for them and help them navigate through this crazy world that we live in for themselves as these tiny little beings. So the aware parenting model is absolutely beautiful it's one that's both myself and Shona take a lot from within our parenting and like we just see the power and the transformation that that has with our little ones and for anyone who is a parent or who even who knows kids spends a lot of times with kids is what wants to be a parent I feel this is you're going to get a lot of nuggets of wisdom from this so yeah check it out and if you've got any questions feel free to reach out to myself or to Sean and and make sure you share the podcast on your socials as well enjoy awesome welcome guys to another episode so today i'm super excited to have sean dixon on today's episode uh to talk about aware parenting um and like with his business aware fathers where he works um teaching teaching guys teaching dads and dads to be how to bring this style of parenting into into the relationships with the kids and like the importance of like how it is we need to look after ourselves as well in that journey so absolutely amazing to have you here man Thank you so much. I'm absolutely honored to be here and uh, we are really blessed to be sharing the space with you now. Wicked, wicked. Mm-hmm. So before we get into speaking into like aware fathers and stuff, um, one of the first questions I'd love to ask guests is what does being grounded mean to you? Mm, yeah, um, I, uh, I love your podcast, man, and I listen to it all the time. So I actually knew this question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm feeling it the last few days and trying to think like, what am I actually going to say when Finn asked me that question? And I'm, sort of, I'm just going to know at the time, you know, like whatever comes to me at the time, it's going to be the right answer. And um, there's not going to be any good preparation. It's just going to be trusting my intuition. And I actually just feeling into that. Like, I think that's part of it, of what it does mean to be grounded is to just be in a place to be able to of trust and uh, and mm. trusting your intuition um you know um being grounded to me what makes it is um what helps me to be grounded i suppose is 
my my self care practice that I that I you know try to do every day and and you know grounds me to the earth and connects me to my sense and um, it's over time it's developed that trust within myself and um, trust in my instincts and trust in my heart that um, make the right decisions and mm. um, and so yeah I mean grounded really just means to me that. Um, having trust within yourself and connecting to your center and um, yeah um, having faith intuition yeah um, yeah mm. I love that man like and yeah like it's the big one is just ringing it's just it's just that full trust within ourselves and knowing that we are where we meant to be and yeah, as we look after ourselves the more we like look after ourselves with that self-care it just allows us to be more aligned and surrender to that trust yeah yeah mm. absolutely it's so important to um to keep you grounded isn't it to like once you when you've got so many things running through your mind with your business and your family and things like that to just have time for self-care mm. um, bring yourself back down and um you know give have some grace have some grace period for yourself and um and yeah um yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome man um yeah so before we get into speak more specifically about aware fathers and like aware parenting that you do i'd love to hear a little bit more about like your own specific journey and what brought you to this point yeah great um well my journey has been um it's been a long journey for me to get to where i am obviously you know everybody has a long journey and a long story but firstly um i uh i sort of started to connect with myself on a on a level when um my partner and um we did a lot of traveling and um around uh, we went to india and um a lot of work around there and i started the process of going within um connecting with my spirit and um i'm doing a lot of healing from when uh th- from my childhood and um uh basically um my uh my my father was abusive in my family and i had to do a lot of healing um to overcome that and um through meditation and yoga i was able to do uh connecting in and um a lot of a lot of connecting to spirit and um and that sort of led us down a path of um you know wanting to be um just trying to be present in our day-to-day and um, trying to, um, you know, make decisions that are going to um, align with our spirit and align with our God, our, our higher selves. And um, we, uh, we consciously conceived uh, in 2019, around April 2019, and... Um, that's when things started to shift, you know. Um, I had no idea what the hell I was going to do at being a dad. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I was ready at the time. My partner was very ready um, and I'd just become ready. You know, it was one of those things where um, we, were con- we were conceiving cedar essentially and um, I could feel his presence coming towards us and um, I knew it was right and I knew it was the right time. And, and so that was, I guess, the beginning of me needing to step into my 
you know, uh, healthy masculine, my stronger, healthy warrior masculine. Um, it's something very, very foreign to me. I didn't have any strong role models to look at growing up. Um, it was a really, you know, um, I was very deeply connected to my feminine in a lot of ways. And um, just that idea of being that strong masculine pillar was quite foreign to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went through the, um, the, the pregnancy was amazing. Um, uh, we got it, got, got right stuck into a hypnobirthing. It was great. Um, really loved all the intention setting and the manifestation through that. Can't recommend that highly enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we were having a birth at, um, a birthing center we wanted to have a home birth but it didn't align with us um financially at the time um so we decided to go with this birthing center which was sort of the next best thing uh, which and uh, so the lead up to the birth was amazing um and sally was sort of in labor for like three days and um we were pretty we weren't really sure what we, when we had a doula there with us and hard a few days and um his cedar who was sort of um maybe a little bit stuck in there um but we ended up having a growth we went to the birthing center and um he sally was just it was just the most amazing experience um as you can probably understand that it's just like i've never seen sally in that um in that so much power how yeah. she was able to he was actually twisted sideways um and she still was able to put him out um without any um epidurals or anything like that and um yeah she was <laughs> by the end it was so incredible she ended up doing these like squats you know as as he was coming out and it, her legs were like i've just never seen anything so strong in my life and then um, yeah, he came out and um, it was amazing. And then sort of a few hours hour or so after he um, arrived, um, he started heavily, uh, breathing quite heavily and uh, quite quickly rather. And um, they sort of got a bit worried about him. And, um, then it all started to go right downhill. So we were like, we were very well aware of how quickly like the medical system can just sweep you up in this and um and then, you know, one little thing goes wrong and then they're white, they get worried. And then it's like, oh, and there's suddenly people in the room and um, naked and um, I'm half and suddenly they're taking cedar and they're like strapping him on wheels and wires and, um, and all of our power was lost. And, um, yeah. and I just went into like shutdown mode. I was just like, um, yeah i could i sort of froze i just like i knew that there was nothing really we could do and um we just had to let them do, be be in their state of fear and you know we knew there was nothing wrong with cedar there was um he was just breathing fast um but there was a bit of meconium that's right before he came out there was a bit of meconium in, in um when in when sally's waters broke and so you know they were quite concerned. so um essentially they um they ended up taking him off in a helicopter and um, taking him off to another hospital and we had to sort of just follow behind um yeah it was um it was just so so challenging it was just like this big out-of-body experience of like mm. wow um how quickly things and um 
uh, we're all ready to go home, you know. Um, then we were, sat, we were sat in the hospital for like three nights, um, which, you know, in hindsight, was, um, we met we met parents there who had been there for months, you know, with their little ones. And, um, you know, it was just some of the hardest three our life trying to get through that whole experience and um and but cedar improved really quickly and you know it was it was wonderful and we so we yeah we took him home after three days and um and he was just perfect and so um one of the things that sort of led us towards um aware parenting i suppose is um that in the first six months of his life we um we were constantly um he was just really unsettled for the first months of his life and we hadn't really processed a lot of what we went through during the birth um he would wake you know every two hours and he was sort of um he was always felt very stiff his body was very stiff and uh, he would cry oh actually no that's the thing um, i remember saying at the time um, my, uh, I was talking to my mom and I was sort of saying, yeah, like he actually doesn't really cry very much, you know, like he wakes up in the night a lot, um, but we don't really ever see him cry very much. It was sort of like I said at the time, I was like, maybe we actually don't give him the chance to cry because we're so amazing at distracting him. I was like getting so bouncing him on the ball all the time to just like if any any time he started to get upset i'd be up and about bouncing him bouncing him like, come on please stop please stop and then on the ball and sally would put him on the breast and he just never had any chance to release anything that was going on within inside himself and that's why he i could feel it in his body. he's like you change his nappy and his legs were stiff arms were stiff and this went on so for you know six months or something and um, we kind of thought it was normal we didn't really think too much into it but um i mean you know we were very worried and we took him to lots of different healers and, and things like that and tried to get different advice about his sleeping patterns and because you know it was like after that six month period um you know it gets it's really it sort of starts to like really hit home about how hard this is going to like no sleep and trying to work at the same time and um you know it gets really so Sally was recommended to listen to um, the Aware Parenting podcast, which, um, again, I, I can't recommend highly enough with Marion Rose and Lael Stone. Um, it really, really changed a lot of our um, perceptions of, of what, what we need to do. And um, Sally listened to this podcast, heard a bit of advice about what it means to hold space for emotions and how we need to release how as adults we need to release also has babies you know how it's the same we need we also need to let them release and sally came home and just said sean i just need to take cedar for this time just leave us alone and she took him in the room and she just sat with him and said to him i'm here with you i love you tell me what you're feeling and then he just like wail he's just like wailing for um hours and hours and hours on end and it was so hard like and then I sort of came in and became part of it and we sort of me and we lied down on the bed and we made like a barrier between between each other and, and see was in the middle and um, he would just kind of roll back and forth and arching his back and he'd be crying wailing and like of course we made sure he'd eaten and we'd made sure his nappy was um changed and he, he ticked all his boxes he, he 
he wasn't crying because he was had those basic needs. He had all those basic needs met. He was crying because he just needed to cry. And yeah, just be there with him and and hold him in his tears. And um, and then we uh, and he best sleep straight away. And then we started. To, we did it again and again for like. And then it was sort of after three or four days, he then suddenly went sleeping in two hour blocks to then he would sleep in like six hour blocks mm. and we had like he'd only wake up in the night and his body was soft and he he also you know had really bad digestion he'd sort of go a week without doing a poo and suddenly his digestion was really like consistent and he'd do you know two poos a day and it was like just everything just felt so much yeah softer um and then there was just like, all right well let's just start, we started down this journey of learning about aware parenting and, and just, you know, just taking it all in as much as we can, read all the books. And, um, and then, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, um, from that, being in that world of aware parenting and, and uh, reaching for help during that time about, you know, connecting with other parents and you sort of, when you're uh, I sort of noticed in that world that, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of help for men, you know, it's a sort of, um, I mean, it ha- the idea of this holding these tears has been for a long time since the eighties the book was written, but um, the community is still quite small. And so there's not been a huge, there wasn't a huge um, support there for men. And so I took it upon myself to go, right, I actually need to, I want to create a space where I can invite other men who want to practice parenting in this way to come and we can all have a bit of a chat about what the hell's going on and what this means and how we, and, yeah. um, that's kind of how we're really, you know, about what, know, four months ago, five months ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Away. <laughs> Got right into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it's, it's so true. Like it's so amazing. That's like a, just so much of your story that I can like really resonate with myself. Like, and, like whenever like coming up to like the birth of our oldest Bonnie, she's like just turned six and I like, just go through that whole process. Like it's like yourselves, like we was like a, going to the family birth center she passed McCorney and um, the doctors were trying to like push do force to do all of these things that we didn't want to do and again it looks like it wasn't as bad as yourself but like we still had to stay in the hospital overnight after she came like we knew that she was perfectly fine but it was just it was more of a traumatic birth for us but it's still like there's more so the after aspect of it like the birth itself like was amazing but as the after um was pretty heavy to kind of deal with but then yeah, like it's just when we went on this journey as parents, is like so much of the stuff that we do now is just intuitively just we're guided down these paths. Like we never knew what a like, conscious parenting or we're parenting, all of these different things were until it's like we're just like, right, what feels right for us? And like it's just, as you said, doing that research, there's so much research out there for mothers to help support mothers, but there's a very little for, for dads. So like I was learning a lot of my stuff through like just getting chances to get on Shona's like Facebook to get into some of the, the, the women's groups and stuff like that and actually it's like if there's questions that I wanted to ask I'd have to like search through their groups to see if anyone had answered them and stuff or just asking Shona about it or listening to the podcast and stuff like that where there wasn't a lot of stuff for guys out there um but yeah so it's amazing to see what you're doing um and yeah I think it's something that's very much needed very much needed for sure it definitely feels like 
been the overriding um, response I've had to where fathers is that it's so needed. I mean, mm. I keep getting people messaging about uh, men, new men wanting to come on, and it's you know, um, it's it's hard. It's hard for men. You know, it's hard to mm. uh, put ourselves in vulnerable positions. We're not taught to do this. So, um, in vulnerable positions, being that we just are able to talk about what's going on with our lives, and and also you know, talk about the really things that are really hard and things that we don't know about, and asking mm. questions, and also, but also celebrating the things that are going really, really well. Yeah. Um, you know, um, just talking emotionally is not doesn't come naturally to men, and so that's, that's the yeah. thing that's sort of reaching out and. Um, it's very much needed yeah mm. yeah and it is like a big one for ourselves and for me for myself especially like um it was learning to let go of so much of the embedded conditioning that was ingrained in me around children around how you parent around all that stuff like I didn't even know it was there until like you catch yourself saying something or acting a certain way, and you're like, whoa, it's like, that's not me. It's like, where is that from? Or like, and especially at the start, like, it's like stuff would happen. And like, and Shona and my wife would just look at me, it was like, oh, that's interesting. And then you're like, you just kind of sit with that. I was like, right, where does that actually come from? And it is like so much of like what we were brought up is, is like children are to be seen, not heard. It's like, if somebody's crying, is like you distract them and all of these different things. And you're like, oh, this is really interesting. Like kind of letting go, removing all of that condition. And then it's like, right, what is this new way that we want to bring in? How it is, how is it do we want to be able to communicate and hold space for, for our little ones? Um, so yeah, super interesting. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like when we, um, when we first started holding to have just big releases it happens to so many people and it happened to me like straight away started going straight back to those times when i was little and how for me i was given the breast all the time like i was constantly um given the breast and it's like um attachment parenting you know and um never really given any chance to properly release a lot of my emotions and so hearing big emotions coming from Sia, um, i think especially as a boy um, how that I could relate to maybe for really uncomfortable at first you know I, I see myself as quite an emotionally um, connected kind of um, man uh, but even still you know in those moments where big whales and you're just like oh my god this doesn't you know there's a part of you that sort of goes doesn't feel right or that we've got to do something or um, and then just having to like sit in that and sit with your inner child and um, do the inner child work which is um vitally important to I, I believe to for raising um for raising a little one and sitting in that with your inner self and, and you know forgiving and loving and hugging that inner child of yours and um yeah and just working through that and just going you know we're safe we're safe and we're here and yes yeah it's big work <laughs> it's mm. hard work yeah it really is <laughs> and yeah like i think that's a big one it is like it's there's a lot of that hesitance is like so like when when a child is crying in your arms is like you feel is like it's like oh I, I want them to stop i don't want them to be in a pain or hurting so there is so much of that internal program that's like right what can i do to help ease that but as you said it's like just being able to hold them in that and allow them to release it is massive um 
but like even as adults it's like it's like that's something that we don't is like we feel emotion coming up it's like oh just push it away feel emotion coming up push it away. it's like no actually allow yourself to fully feel and move through that emotion and express that emotion and that's where you're going to be able to like move forward from it um so it's bringing that into doing the same with the little ones absolutely yeah there's i love that um just comparison of where it's really accepted I reckon for a lot of adults to know that we need to release our emotions through different things through like, we often you know, like do a lot of exercise or walking in nature or what people do to release their emotions. And yet we don't have the same principles for our babies. We sort of think that we sort of see crying as a bad thing. We sort of see crying as like you're failing as a parent and you need to yeah. be better kind of thing, you know? Um, I love the example that I heard recently where it was if me and you were having a conversation, right? And I was saying, or you were maybe say you were saying, sure, I'm just not feeling really good today. You know, uh, I fell over earlier, I kind of hurt myself. And um, and I was there going like, hey, do you want do you want this dummy? Or hey, do you want to go outside? Or hey, do you want to ride on your bike? Or hey, do you want some food? And you'd be like, no, not really. And you know, it'd be like, so really obvious if we're adults, but we can't, you know, we can't say those things, can we? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> like when you put it in that context, it's like so much of like, oh, okay, you can see what <laughs> yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you see it from us, like just like waving like things in front of our faces to distract yeah. them and stuff. And you're like, That's the distraction. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the things that you like you said there just kind of popped up something for me is like, is like when we, when our, our kids are crying, it's like we can come across as like, it's like, oh, I must be feeling as a parent because like they're upset with that. It's like, do you feel like that's one of the big things is like that social condition and that like pressure that's like, because like, I know it was like being in a social setting is like if like if the girls are going through a big emotional thing I remember at the start I would be very aware of it's like oh shit she's making a bit of a scene but now I'm just like I'm just gonna sit and be with you and just allow you to do it and you see people like the amount of times like in shops like where I'm like sitting in the middle of the aisle with one of the girls as she's having this like big tantrum as such about wanting something in the shops and I'm just like no nah, it's okay and then like old grannies come over and just start trying to distract them or trying to and they're like what what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> oh dude love that that and you should be great for doing that man I love it when I see parents doing that it's so funny um but obviously loads of parents don't do that that's why we feel really self-conscious about it don't we like I've definitely had that exact that you're talking about and and yeah at first it's it can be overwhelming but then when you do it a few times and you're like actually no I'm just gonna let them be their emotions I'm gonna be who who they want to be you know and um yeah I mean I was literally in the city of the day and like this holding his baby he was just crying it was like in the city and it was Christmas there's loads of people around I was like god got a lot a lot of big emotions and he just like getting angry and shoved a dummy in his it's like yeah wow that's like kind of what it looks like if we just have no presence for their emotions whatsoever and uh, you know that's going to come out when they're trying to sleep they're not you know guaranteed they're not going to be able to sleep well and or whatever you know yeah um, yeah yeah so so important to do that kind of especially in a social situation you know yeah to let them know that you're always there for them not just at home but also around you know yeah. other people at supermarkets and wherever 
Yeah. Yeah, like mm. I think that's a massive one. Like um and one of my more and one of my recent episodes is talking to um a guy Joel and he was talking he does a lot of work around like the attachment styles and like it's the biggest thing that he says like when we're like when we work with our different attachment styles in order to create that secure attachment style and to be able to have that really healthy relationship so much of it comes down to is like it's like the importance of that unconditional love. So like never take love away from a child because when we do that's when they, they start they start creating creating a lot more havoc and chaos within their psyche and stuff um and you can see so much of that is like is like if a child is getting really upset in the shops and stuff like that and like we get we start getting frustrated pull them away or start to like it's yeah like you can see that can be where it's starting to create some of these gaps with it but whereas it's like if you can hold them in the comfort of your own home it's like why can you not hold them in the middle of a busy shopping center? Because I know for a fact I get I get overwhelmed in a busy shopping center. Of course, mm. this tiny little person's good as well. <laughs> yeah, me too. I do as well. Exactly the same. Um, and you know, it comes down to you know, I think I think a lot of for me, what I would feel in that moment if I wasn't being present would be I'd be getting worried about how it looked. You know, I'd be I'd be getting worried about what other people were thinking about us if we had a really cry like a big crying baby and then like. But if you could just forget about forget about all that and just actually be present with them and just not worry about what people think and just just go down to their level and say I'm really here for you you know I really love you I really um, I'm gonna sit with you until you feel you know until you feel better yeah, yeah. important yeah I am um, I like with the aspect of just allowing them to actually express themselves fully like if they are going through like a lot of crying and stuff is is it like the aware parenting term is like crying and loving arms like that's something that like i've heard a number of times coming up is like is that like does that come from like the specifically the aware parenting style or is yeah that... i mean i assume it yeah it, it, it's it's a, it's a real parenting kind of thing we use it a lot and um it's really just um lovingly holding them in uh, holding them in your arms and letting them release what they need to release and you know sometimes um the method that i'll do is like um so I'll often put cedar to bed and i've you know it's one of the things that i hear a lot of, i hear a lot from a lot of men that like they can't put their babies to bed and because a lot of the time what happens is the baby is relying on the breast to go to sleep and so something that I've really treasured with uh, my relationship with Cedar is that for over a year now, I've been able to put him to bed by myself and it's wonderful. And I don't do it every night, but when we go to bed, I know he's usually going to have a big release, right? And so I'll, what, it, what that looks like is like, uh, go to bed and um, we'll say, you know, we're very present that it's bedtime. We're, like, we're going to put pajamas on, go to bed. Um, we'll read a book um, in the blankets and, and then we'll close the book and we'll say no more books and we're just going to lie here and um, just going to maybe have a bit of a chat about his day and he'll probably usually have a cry and, um, you know, we'll just need to release something that's happened throughout the day if he hasn't had a big cry already. And um, he'll maybe some, he'll just sort of roll around. He'll try to get off the bed and I'll just say to him, Cedar, I'm really not willing for you to get off the bed right now, but I'm really here with you and I really love you and I, I hear that you're upset and can you please tell me more about it? And um, he'll keep crying. He'll keep rolling around. And sometimes active games as well, which is great. You know, it doesn't always have to be crying. It's the thing. Like when they're little, it's like mostly crying. But as they get older, it sort of shifts a little bit. You know, it can also be that we try to do like attachment play, which is kind of like this, you know, sort of active games to release anything that's going on. So, um, we can do like sometimes what we do is lie down on our backs and we just kick our feet. We just kick our feet for ages. And he loves 
he directs it. So I'll, I'll like follow him and he'll kick his, kick my feet and he'll put his legs up in the air and I'll put my legs up in the air and he'll just be like this, I'll just follow mm. his, you know, movements. And, or we might do like a power reversal game where um, I'll say to him, you can't over, can you? And he'll go and he'll like grab a pillow and just start pushing me, like hitting me and like, I'll pretend to fall over and he laughs and we just do that again and again, you know, for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. And then he just releases all this stuff. He, he can really be releasing from laughter or from physical movement, or he can be releasing through, through t- crying. It just really depends on where he's at at the time. And mm. um, so there's lots of different things we can do in that time for that bedtime. And then uh, after a time, we'll eventually just lie down and he just lies down and um, you go to sleep and it's like just so beautiful. And um, he is just a great sleeper at the moment. So that's kind of what that crying in arms looks like. And a lot of it, you know, it doesn't have to be a time as well. It can also be at nap times. We often do it at nap time, just creating that space of like, yeah, he can, he can, he might want to try and get off the bed, but at the same time, I'm just going to be like, I'm not willing for you to leave the bed. I see you where I sleep. And um just keep bringing him back to the bed and he's probably going to get really annoyed with that, but just let that come out, you know, let that come out because nothing bad is going to happen if he's just doing a lot of crying. If anything, it's just going to put him in a greater, uh, a deeper sleep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So big, so big. Yeah. Like, and there's, yeah, there's a couple of different tangents I want to go off within this. Um, But yeah, like before, there's one rabbit hole I want to go down, like talking into like that, like the attachment play and stuff like that. But before we get there, it's like one of the ones that like I know for myself was a very big aha moment very early on with with Bonnie, our oldest, and just seeing how it rolls out with with all three of our little ones now is it's it comes back to one of the quotes that I read on your um on your website is you can only meet your child as much as you have met yourself. And one of the things is like whenever I'd be holding Bonnie to like getting her to sleep on my own and stuff like that. Whereas like she was very much dependent on boob for a lot of stuff. But then it was like, I was always like very much aware of like the evenings where I was home and stuff like that. It's like, I want to be, I want to uh, be with her to give Shona that time and space for herself as well as just for us to be, have that time together. And the nights, like if I wasn't fully present within myself, if I was holding her and I was thinking about other things, it's like there's not a hope she'd be going to sleep. But then as soon as I catch myself and just bring my soul focus into her, just really focus on my breathing, doing different like different almond, different breathing, or just saying different affirmations, like I've got you, you're safe and stuff. And like, as soon as like you're just holding her in that space, you could just see her whole little body would just soften completely and that would help her fall asleep. Um, and again, I guess just like going into that aspect of like what, like that quote you were saying is like, you can only meet your child as much as you meet yourself. As like, I'd love you to explain and speak into that side of it a bit more. Yeah. Well, that just says to me that it's like so much about your baseline about what you're doing for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like what kind of healing you're doing for yourself. What have you been doing that day? It's so true that if, if you've not done anything for yourself, you know, if this self-care practice is not part of your routine in your life and you're working all the time and you're building up stress, um, you are not going to be the present person that you want to be for your child. And they're absolutely going to pick up on that. And that's exactly what that's talking about. It's like, you know, they're going to, um, then they're going to push you. They're going to push you to your limits, you know, and um, it's about how much you, how much work you've done on yourself that, it, you know, to be able to stand in their fire um they're great for that they open up everything that we you know 
that we are trying to hide from. And um, what I would, yeah, what I would sort of go back to is like, what's your self-care practice looking like um, so that you can give to your baby when they need you to give to them mm. and when they need you to hold them. You know, for me, um, I started doing my regular self-care practice when Cedar was about, I don't know, two months old when I started realizing um, that I can't keep giving the way that I'm giving and not give anything back to myself for a whole day. Like if you're getting up with the baby and you're with the baby and you're working and you're like, if you're not carving out to what I do now is I look it up, um, you know, a bit before Cedar and um, or me and my wife sort of organize it when we can have our times. We'll, we'll give each other an hour, you know, to I'll like come in and do my, um, my sort of I've created this kind of little yoga practice for myself that I do as like a routine and it's got a it's kind of like masculine yoga practice sort of around you know physical work and I and kind of just puts me in a good headspace and I listen to the grounded masculine podcast while I'm doing it and (laughs) um just you know rewind brain and get my get myself centered and I'll do a bit of um meditation and uh you know i might do a bit of like journaling and um uh, manifesting and things like that and then just and then i can come back and i could be fully present with the whole day and i you know and that and that doesn't have to be the same for everybody you know that can be going for a surf or that can be going for a walk or that can be drive for half an hour to just turn the radio on or whatever the hell you do or listen to the podcast in the in the car and um and yeah just you know just taking that time and um i think it's it's so um, it's so obviously correlated uh, when people are taking that time themselves um, yeah. that they can be more fully present with their their kids. It's the baseline. That's what you've got to do. The, the, the first thing, take care of yourself. It's like it feels like the baby needs to come first. It feels like yeah. your wife or your partner, sorry, rather would come first, but you have to come first, and yeah. nobody else can be responsible for your self care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And that's a big one. Like I know for like a lot of the guys that I speak to about this, it's like to have that sense of like guilt for like doing their self-care. Like for a lot of them, like they might be away at work all day, like they might be away for like eight hours a day of working and then they come home and like their the wife or partner has been there. So as a sole parent for the little one, and then there's like like they have a lot of this conflict. It's like I want to do something for myself, but then it's like I want to be able to be there for uh, for my family and stuff. So then they end up just like sacrificing. It's like I'm not going to do stuff for me because I want to be there for them. But then when they're with their their little ones, when they're with the wife, they're not like their baseline isn't good. So then they're getting easily triggered and frustrated and like bickering and all of that stuff. So I'd love to know is like what is it that you recommend or what would you say to guys who are caught in that mindset of like oh like I feel guilty or like I can't give, how do I give to myself I want to give to other people first. Yeah, oh man, this is a huge one. This is a huge one for so many fathers. Um, I've got a lot of guys in my group who still you know do this, and even my, me myself, I sometimes into patterns of like no, I've just got to do this for the family. And look, yes, I guess sometimes you do have to do things for the family that you don't want to do, but it's not serving your family, you know? Um, if you truly want to serve your family, you want to come and and be the best version of yourself. And how you could probably navigate that in, in, a, in a, if you're in a family environment where that has never been prioritized, you know, you or your partner never do any kind of self-care, you know, you just move along next thing to the next thing to the next. I'd really just recommend to um, 
you know, take a night, take an hour in a night, to just say to your partner, look, I just want to have a bit of a chat. Let's just have a bit of a sharing circle, uh, a sharing space between each other and then just talk about what's going on. And then just sort of, um, you know, it's really important for me to have an hour in the morning where I give something back to myself or, um, or I might be go for a walk, um, you know, in the morning just to clear my head or in the evening and just really um, start to implement that in any way you can into your week. I mean, even if it's twice a week, um, you know, just trying to find the time, talk about it with your partner. Um, you know, your partner will be so grateful um, to have that time to share with you and then, and, and you to have that open communication with them. Um, yeah, you know, I just really recommend it. just start speaking about it, speaking about it openly, yeah. saying that you need to find out what it is you need and, um, try and make that happen because, um, there's no point showing the family if you're a shell of a, because you're going to end up yelling, you're going to putting your shit onto them. So, mm um you'll find it happen right away yeah and what about on the flip side of that is like right we start making some of these changes for ourselves like we're getting up an hour earlier so we have that like like for me personally like mine is like that's that quiet time before the house wakes is like what really nourishes me um but like what like yeah we were able to do that for ourselves and like you see how that's playing out for you you're feeling so much better throughout the day but then your partner they're the one that struggles with actually creating time and space for themselves um because as you said like it comes down to that like it's the responsibility falls on each and every one of us but again it's nearly that mother guilt that can come in a lot worse what sort of things for guys can they do to even just help encourage more so that for the partners as well is it just much of the same of what you've been saying or is there anything else you find that's it's good. Um, well, look, for me, um, you know, I really believe in um, learning, you know, and showing them what it looks like to have that self-care. You know, me and my partner really have this kind of um, relationship where we sort of say, you know, I'm not responsible for your self-care. Like, you know, we can talk about when we can help each other to do it. But, um, you know, it's like you can't rely on me to you can't rely on me to um you do you can't rely on me to make sure your cup is full i think um a lot of happens to a lot of men i think is that like we kind of wait for our partners to give us permission don't we we like sort of wait and if i do this for them if i do this this and this surely they'll be grateful enough that i'll you know that she'll or he or he or she will go um just have the afternoon or you know have the morning off something for yourself and it's like you're going to be wearing your whole life for them to say something like that you know um because it's just um it's your responsibility and I, I you know i think if you're if you're starting to do practice like that and your partner's you know wavering or then doing something like that i would just um i suppose i would just you know tell them by showing them that this is mm. what it looks like and yeah. you are the work and you are getting in the morning or wherever it whenever it is and um you, you know they will be able to see the benefits of of the things that you're doing and no doubt they're gonna go actually shit i want that for myself too you know yeah um yeah so mm. i would just show like, you know, tell them by showing them you know yeah. showing do it 
actions rather than yeah. going yeah. you should you should do this or you should do that you know and i think i'm not sure yeah. if that really worked yeah and i think <laughs> the, the big one just to kind of like roll in on that is like the importance of that consistency for yourself because so often you see it like where like right we start doing it for ourselves but then it's like oh like your partner hasn't jumped in yet and then like that's where we start letting our own stuff drop off because you're trying to pick them up and stuff whereas like you just it's like again do you focus on you and knowing that it's like be that that encouragement for them and mm-hmm. yeah it's like then you can be that grounded you know um solid strong person to hold them in anything that comes up for them you know like we talk a lot about i need to be to have done that practice and self-care work for me so i can hold self in her feminine mm. fire and her feminine power you know she has big emotions where you know i need to stand there and not take a personal and just know that i've got her you know and sometimes yeah. i don't do it right you know sometimes i i I stuff it off and um but you know it's just about like doing the work number one for yourself and then that can filter out to the rest of your family yeah 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 so true man i love it i love it and yeah so from here i was like i'd love to kind of go back into what we were speaking about before i am um, like that whole element of the aware play is like is that all kind of does that come back into the importance of just ways of like how to regulate ourselves or what is that with regards to um are you talking about like um aspects of attached play and things like that yeah. and the way of parenting yeah. yeah and like how to implement them is that what you're saying yeah yeah um, like first of all is what's the purpose of it and then how to implement them cool well um well the purpose of it is it like there's there's many reasons why we, we we could do stuff like that like the main one for us i guess originally was to heal from trauma heal from birth trauma um and um you know and also healing trauma doesn't have to be big birth trauma you know it's, it, this could be using attachment play okay this is a good example like i was just telling you before today it's been really really sad because we've had to our family dog and it's been a really really big time and so you know my son cedar has a real connection to that dog and um we use some attachment play to help him heal from that and help him release his emotions around that you know um it's likely if he weren't to do any kind of attachment play and just leave he probably would just build up like just let those emotions stay inside him and and you know they're gonna they're gonna fester and they're gonna come out in different ways at different times whereas if we what what that might look like and to be honest i haven't planned anything out yet but just thinking off the top of my head what that might look like we have these little you know like wooden figurines right that we play with with him and we can act it out um with these figurines so like we've got like a little of families and we have this little like border collie um dog that he plays with he calls it zero zero is our dog now dog. it's very sad at the moment but um anyway we're um yeah you know we might set up a, a situation in which he can play with these um family and the dog and there's like and we can say like you know bye bye zero and he can like act it out physically and he might release something from that and he might release some tears and um or whatever he wants to release and so yeah, yeah. um but of course you know it doesn't there's lots of different ways of which we can 
um, attachment planes and different things like I was talk talking about before about the power reversal. That's a great one. Mm. Um, a lot um, I've been told a lot about is like if you've um, had one heal from having a cesarean birth and if that was perhaps um, you know, a, bit of a traumatic experience, I've heard a lot of like um, getting the bath and lifting them out of the bath and sort of reenacting the motion of like coming out of the the belly and sort of um, just reenacting that and seeing what emotions come up for them and um, another great one is um, like hide and seek uh, you know really simple game that we probably play with uh, yeah. kids a lot and just um, if you you know if one parent has been away for a long time and um, or if the child has been left alone perhaps uh, just that of like hiding but then coming back and then the yeah. child will laugh and, and it'll like bring up all those feelings about being left alone but then the, then the parent comes back and then sort mm. of release through laughing or crying or whatever and yeah um yeah it's super important like we do we do different kinds of attachment play with him almost a day you know um you, but you're yeah. probably doing like there's probably a bunch of things that a lot of parents do without even realizing that they're play you know um yeah. like that, that's a great example peekaboo peekaboo yeah. is a great example too you know yeah and yeah, that's it one. like it's there's yeah like there's so many so many different amazing ones but like it's like learn like it's just again it's like learning just to bring when to bring them in and being able to actually implement them in is it's absolutely huge like and i know for ourselves like we're we're very blessed with um like in our little homeschooling community that we're in is like one of the one of the teachers of like that are that work with a lot of like our kids and stuff like that like she's amazing at bringing in a lot of that play-based therapy around like if there's been certain big events that have been going on for like the kids and stuff like that she makes sure like to bring a lot of that stuff in with the play and learning and stuff um and like even for ourselves there's like whenever um whenever shona like we had a free birth for little oak back a few months back and like going after that whole process like it was like the girls with before it and after it was like they were continuously like giving birth like even brie or little two and a half year old like she found it was pretty difficult because shona was quite vocal so like brie was getting upset with it whereas bonnie was like right in front row center it like um but like with brie she is the one that like we bring every so often like she walk around being pregnant she'll walk or she'll want to start uh, like giving birth and stuff like that so it's just bringing that in and she brings in all of the noises we encourage her to bring in all the noises so it's just helping her kind of process through that as well it's yeah super interesting being able to watch it like yeah i love it that's great man i love that i love it when kids do stuff like that you know i say just reenacting so that they see around themselves it's so good yeah mm. <laughs> i love it man i love it um but yeah like it's it is it gets such a fascinating topic i like it is one again it's one that's i guess so important for just for parents to be able to see is like there's like there's no there's so many different ways that we can parent there's so many different aspects of it but it's like i think for us the big one was is like removing all of the labels and just finding what works for your dynamic and your flow and being able to take from all of these different areas with it um and yeah just reading your reading your kids is like because i know like with bonnie and breed the two of them are like polar opposites so they need very different things within themselves and like how they need to be held what sort of play they need all the different so it's learning how to be open and completely like working with them where they're at mm, yeah absolutely and just following their guides and seeing where they're at and um letting them lead um 
often the best way to you know start doing an attachment play just sitting down and saying like what do you want to do? Oh, I love the one like just giving them ultimate presence something we talked about in the attachment play the book um, which I really highly recommend um, is giving them like the timed present time so like putting a timer on and saying 20 minutes say I'm going to do actually putting a timer on gives it more presence and mm-hmm. so I'm going to put 20 and we're going to say to this say I'll say to Cedar, um, Cedar I'm going to give you 20 minutes like it's just your time like what do you want to do we'll, we'll you know and you just follow his play don't don't distract him literally just get him to do that he wants to do it's, it can be really fun too you know and gets so much out of it yeah yeah no, i love it man um yeah so just speaking of time just mindful of time so we'll start running it up but yeah just to finish off i'd love to just know is like for any for anybody who's listening along here and if this has been a pretty new concept to them or um if it's something that they want to dabble into more what would be the foundations that you would recommend to help someone start off bringing more of this like this aware parenting into into their life well, um, yeah, there's lots of different options. Um, probably, I personally, I would start with the Aware Parenting podcast. Um, jump on that, have a little listen to Mary Rose and Lael Stone talk. It's um, incredible. Also, reading the books, um, Aware Baby is the first book, and like, there's five books um, in total. Um, and, um, and if you're a father and you're interested in these kinds of things and um, to learn to be a bit more present your baby definitely contact me and we can you know i run these aware father circles um every two weeks finished our last one for the year but we'll hit up hit up again in january and um yeah um i'm at uh, at aware fathers on instagram and you can hit up and um there's um also you know i also offer coaching like one-on-one coaching for men as well to work through this, um, which you can also hit me up there. Also, the website is um, also, yeah, I mean, I'm a musician as well. That's like number one thing. And so my website is sankalpamusic.com, which is S-A-N-A-A-L-P-A, sankalpamusic.com. And um, one thing I wanted to mention as well, just while we're here, is um, how part of the things that I released during my um healing from the birth trauma was writing the song so some of the things that i do is to like write music to be able to release all the emotions that i've um, had around a certain topic which is um i do it quite a lot and um for this particular one i made a um yeah i made a music video which i'm really really proud of and i've kick-started my um belief in myself to really step into this role of leadership you know um so anyway, it's um this music video it's um it's on YouTube. It's called Birth Trauma, A Father's Journey. And uh, the song's called Keep You Warm. And um, it's a really beautiful video. And I, in, in the video, I talk into the birth a little bit. And um, yeah, I just wanted to plug myself in that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And, uh, I'll, drop, I'll drop all of this in the show notes as well. It's like yeah. the song. The song in the video is amazing. Like um, I checked oh, it out a while back. Like I absolutely love it. Like as like, soon as I seen it, I was like, send it to show and I was like, you need to check this song out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was a really proud of it. And yeah, and uh, the other one is um, if you're a woman and you're wanting support from Aware Parenting, my wife also offers um, 
coaching in this in this space and um yeah her name's sally prin and she's at, at sally prin coaching um so yeah that's kind of some little, yeah yeah like and you of course man you, yeah. you yourself as well listen to the granite podcast <laughs> awesome dude i'll drop all of that in the show notes for sure and definitely you know be trying to line up to get into um your circles so it hasn't aligned yet just with the time difference and stuff like that it hasn't worked out but i will be there next year don't worry <laughs> yeah i mean the service is so great man we're really building like really nice like strong uh tight-knit group there and, and adding adding new men you know pretty much and um know there's no commitment to come every week but you know when i, I just something I, I just always feel so much lighter after those things because we can just share about anything we want to talk about and i also just mentioned as well it's not just for fathers i also really want to open up the space for fathers to be or, or men, even just men in general who sit in this topic because i really think that men going into fatherhood really need to hear a lot of this wisdom that's being shared yeah uh, be prepared for what's what's coming ahead so um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful space, and uh, we feel really light afterwards. Yeah, awesome, dude. I love <laughs> it. Wicked. Thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It feels really great, and I'm blessed to have this chat with you. Yeah.